0: 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you have your Bibles and like to turn there, let me give you all a little background about this. Um, when I was writing this, I really didn't know what I was going to speak on. I was like, I don't know. I'm between this, 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 nine different ideas. And I'm like, okay, this is the one. And it's called Equipped for Your Season. So, just a little background. A lot of times we get so down on ourselves that we forget that we have already been prepared for this moment. Amen. We get so down thinking, Why am I not there and I'm here? And God is just trying to say, I'll put you there whenever we have you fully equipped and you're fully ready for that next season. God's saying, I have you equipped for where you're at. Just trust me and we're going to go with it. Um, The world is in such a state of unrest right now with COVID, the elections, and everything else that's going on right now that it's really easy to get caught into that web of lies that the devil's weaving, that nothing's ever going to get better, and that it's just going to stay the same, and that everything's just going to be bad. But we find ourselves in a mindset that if things aren't aren't going our way, or life gets tough, we should quit, we should give up, we should argue with God about why we're right. And so we get in that mindset of, I know what I want to do, whenever our mindset should be, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do, God? And so, we get so caught up in that arguing that God doesn't, but the thing is, God doesn't send us into a new season or to fight a giant unequipped for the battle. He always equips us. We just need to use the tools, the knowledge, the people, the word of God, or anything else he's given us around us as the resources. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to be reading about David and his battle with Goliath, okay? So we're going to be talking about his journey to get to his battle, the battle, and his victory. So we're going to break it down. Uh, Let's go to verse 4, and we're going to go through verse 9 at this first part. So verse 4, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed six hundred shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him, and he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are, you ke- why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us? So this first part of scripture is basically talking about Goliath. He is a behemoth of a man. He is big. He is... Ugh! That is Goliath. He's a giant, and he's out there saying, you know what, you, come on, little people, send you a little man down here to fight me, and how about this, if I kill him, you serve me, and if he kills me, then I'll, we will all serve y'all. Basically how it's going. And uh, he's just taunting the Israelites with this, basically just trying to just get at them, nudge them. Uh, let's go to verse 12 real quick, 12 through 14. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among the men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest of the sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. So basically, this is the description of David. He's this young boy, he has a father, his three eldest brothers are fighting with Saul in the battle, and so we have this description of tiny little David and big boy Goliath, okay? Let's jump to uh, verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth, And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor and put a helmet of brass upon his head. And he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. He took his staff in his hand and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in his shepherd's bag which he had even in a script and in a sling in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, "Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field." Then David said to the Philistine, "Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee with the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will be the Lord. This this day will be the Lord. Deliver thy to me to mine hand." and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you unto our hands. So this is my favorite part of this section. It's this, David's gearing up for battle. He's telling Saul, I got this. Trust me, I got this. And Saul's like, you're just a little kid. And David's like, no, no, no. Trust me, I fought a lion, I fought a bear. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, if that's the qualifications for army fighting one lion and one bear, I'm not qualified. So he's saying, I got this. And so David basically gets strapped up with all of Saul's armor. He's wearing it, he's like, ugh. And he's like, no, I can't do this. This ain't gonna work. Takes it all off, goes picks up five stones. I know, you're thinking real smart, pick up five stones to fight this giant man. So he grabs five stones, put them in his bag, and he goes out there and Goliath's like, you sent him? You sent this scrawny little stick to fight me. And so then he starts taunting him some more and he's just going on and on and on. And David's like, you had all this talk, But yet, I have the Lord on my side. So let's jump to verse 49, and then we'll be finished out with this real quick. And David put his hand in the bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of the sheaf thereforth, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. This is like the ultimate underdog story. You got David with a rock and a slingshot just right in the forehead. And he just takes out Goliath. Then he goes over there, he's like, I ain't got no sword. So he takes Goliath's sword and he goes, uh, no head. So David wins this battle that what seemed to be unwinnable. All the Israelites saw it as unwinnable when they sent him out there. They were thinking, all right, well, we're going to be servants today. Everything is about to change. But the thing is, even though Goliath, the Philistines, The Israelites all saw David as the underdog and as the unwinnable champion, the one that wasn't gonna win, the person that wasn't capable of beating Goliath. David knew he could do it. You see, while the Israelites saw it as David was the smaller and weaker opponent, God saw it the other way around. Um, I figured we needed an example of what the Israelites saw and what God saw. So everybody saw it as Goliath and David. So who would win in a fight, you most likely would say Goliath, just because size, um, aid, whatever it was. But in all actuality, if you look at it, it didn't matter how the Israelites saw it, how Goliath saw it, how anybody else saw it, how God saw it was Goliath and David, You see, with God on our side, we're bigger than any enemy we can face. We're bigger than anything we'll go against. And therefore, we will beat any giant that's in front of us. So David was bigger because God was on his side. If we turn to uh, Romans 8.31 real quick, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, then nothing can stand against me. If God is on my side, I will not be defeated by anything that tries to get in his way. God will not lose this fight. David was bigger because God was on his side. He was already prepared for the battle. He could defeat the giant, for God had already given him the information and the wisdom as well. God had equipped him for this battle, God equipped him to fight this giant. God gave him the knowledge of fighting the lion. God gave him the knowledge of fighting the bear. He was ready for this. So he was equipped for this next challenge he was gonna face. And I believe if we think we're unequipped for the next season, one, either we're lying to ourselves and we're just not ready to move to that next point, or two, maybe it's not time to move to the next season. Maybe we're trying to rush that plan that God has. Because we are capable of doing that. God's saying, I need you to wait right now. And we're like, you know, I really don't want to. You know, I'd prefer to do that. When God's saying, just wait right here, you'll learn so much more and you'll be so much, you'll be ready. And we're like, no, I'm just going to go ahead. And, you know, we'll take that journey. It's going to be a little harder. We'll probably still eventually get somewhere near where we were going. But the thing is, it'd be so much more easier if we had just followed that plane that God had laid out. God doesn't leave us high and dry. God doesn't leave us where we don't know what to do. He loves us and he always will. Um, so I was listening to a song a while back. And it was really a, some big inspiration because I got, personally, I got to a point where I felt Stuck. You ever feel like you just, you, I don't, I'm not going anywhere, I'm just stuck where I'm at. I don't, there's no hope for tomorrow, you just, I'm stuck. And so there's a song, two songs by Jonathan Trailer, and uh, the first one's called The Unknown. And the lyrics say, I remember looking up at the sky, tears filling my eyes, I'm asking God, is this really all you have for me? Seems like everybody's succeeding in life but me. It looks like everybody's winning and I'm over here losing my mind. The time is passing me by. Success is ahead but I feel so far behind and I don't know which way to go. You say followed me but I don't know that road. It's scary, unfamiliar, looks uncomfortable. You say it's for my best, it'll help me grow. Take my hand, understand everything you're going through is for a reason. Right now you may have no clue but stay tuned. I'm about to blow your mind with what I'm going to do through you. Take your eyes off them. Put your eyes on me because I am God and I know everything. I know my plans for you. I know my will for you. I know what's best for you. So give me all of you. Sometimes we get so caught up in the aspect of, I can't see what's next. As humans, we want to see what's next for that next season so that we can mentally get ready for it. But that's not the case. God is saying, you may not need to know what's next. Just trust me where you're at right now. In this case, this Jonathan Trailer was getting so caught up in what he wanted and what he wanted to happen next in his life that he didn't know that God was preparing him where he was at. God prepares us where we're at for our next step. He equips us for our next season. He makes sure we're ready for the battle so that we don't have a chance to lose. When we're fully equipped, we won't lose. We were playing basketball last night. A few of us played basketball on Tuesdays. And I'm fully equipped. I got my basketball shoes, my basketball shorts, my shirt on. I got my headband. I got my knee brace on because my knee hurts. Fully equipped. I'm ready for the game, all right? All right and somebody throws a pass all the way from half court to me, and I plant my foot, and somebody runs into my leg. That hurt. So while I'm fully equipped, my misstep back caused me to get hurt. So even though we're fully equipped, God has fully equipped us for that next season, we can take a misstep back and get hurt. I didn't lose the game, we won of course, but you know, in case y'all don't know, I'm one of the best players out there when no one's out there. So, it's a pretty pretty big deal. So, but, so my misstep back caused me to get hurt, but it didn't cause me to lose the game. So while we may decide that we wanna take a misstep back, it may cause us to get hurt a little bit because we're trying to do our own thing, but God's still going to guide us back on that path, still going to get us that victory that we're waiting for. He's equipped us for it. We're ready for it. We just need to trust him now in this next moment. Um, A lot of times we get so caught up with just because things aren't going our way means that God has stopped loving me. Things aren't going my way so God has left me. Things aren't going my way so I must not be favored anymore. But the thing is, just because we're depressed, we feel alone, we feel unworthy, undeserving, have anxiety, we feel unprepared, unloved, underappreciated, like a loser, ugly, not perfect, not pretty enough, not smart enough, Like we don't have a perfect family, we aren't in a relationship, not at the job we want to be at, unhappy in our season, the world just stinks or we feel oppressed, doesn't mean God has stopped loving you, doesn't mean God has stopped being good, doesn't mean God has stopped being merciful, right beside you, caring, graceful, God is so good and he never stops being any of these things in our lives. But the problem is, we know that's true. We know that everything I just said is true. God doesn't stop, but sometimes we forget it. Sometimes we get so caught up in the world that we forget everything that we know. We forget everything that we've been taught, everything that we know is factual truth. God is good, yes. It's not God is good until you have a problem. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, you know? Um, God is good. So if we start to let these things get set into our mind, we just have to know that they're not true. They're lies the devil's trying to plant in our head to pull us off of the path that he has set in front of us. Um, I mentioned there was another song by Jonathan Trailer. It's called Faithful One. And it says, time after time... Season after season, at my highest highs and my lowest lows, you've always been there because you're the faithful one. At our mountaintops and at our valleys, God is there. When we feel alone, God is there. That's just a mindset thing now. Honestly, loneliness is not real because we're never alone. I've heard people say, I feel alone. I'm like, I'm right next to you. You're not alone. You feel alone in your head. But the aspect of being alone is not real. Because God is with you at all times. He's right there with you, walking with you through this. Am I right? So you are loved. You are not alone. You are cared for. You are perfect. And it's just... Everything tries to stack up. And the thing is, we get so caught up in life that we forget these few things of, one, God is with us, and God won't leave you. Two, God loves you. And three, God will always equip you for what's next. He won't leave you high and dry. He won't leave you waiting for that next thing. Be content in your season right now. I think about, uh, Pastor Marcus, basketball. When the Mavs were losing, they had a losing season. Did you just quit being a Mavs fan? Just because the Mavs were losing doesn't mean that the, that the rest of the, the whole career is over. A football player loses one game. Oh, I'm done for the season. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm waiting for next season because I'm hoping it'll be better. No, you play the game. You don't just say, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting out this season because I don't like it. You know, God has me just serving in the church. You know, I'm just waiting to be the pastor of the church. So I'm just going to sit out this season. You know, I'm just, I, I want to be a missionary, but uh, I don't like planes. So I'm going to sit out until I like planes. That's not how it works. You be content in the season you're at while God prepares you for that next season. I'm pretty sure if you say, you know, I'm just God, I'm not feeling it today, so, uh, you know, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna church, just because, you know, I don't, it's today's my day, not my day, I feel lonely, I feel depressed, it's a a bad day, I'm just gonna, I'm sitting out today, God. That's no excuse. And we get so caught up in this aspect of making excuses for what we want. You know, I'll, I want to be a children's pastor. Okay, well, what are you going to do in your season that you're in right now? Because you ain't a children's pastor right now. I, 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 I just thought it'd just jump from A to B, huh? It, do, it doesn't work like that. It's not, okay, you know, I want to be the pastor of Elevation Church. What's the plan there? You just expect to be the pastor of Elevation Church like that? Be content in your season, and God will bring you to your next one. But the thing is, we get so caught up and want to jump to what we want, and personally what we want kind of stinks sometimes, right? Because God has a bigger plan for us that we don't even see right now. God knows so much more and has so much more knowledge than we will ever have That we just have to be like, God, it's yours. Jesus, take the wheel. You drive my life. So I want to conclude, and I'm going to give you all a few points to take with you. Number one, you are equipped for your current season and will be equipped for your future seasons as well. He will not leave you high and dry. You will be ready for the next step, and you are ready right now where you're at. Don't try to jump God's plan. You'll lose. God is bigger than any giant you'll face, even if it's yourself. Number two, God sees you as the bigger man in the fight. You are bigger than any giant, and with God by your side, you are way more intimidating, way bigger of a fighter I don't know if any of y'all watch UFC, but if you did, Kimbo Slice, he was a really scary fighter. He used to fight in backyards. You're like, oh, he's gonna kill me if I fight him. That's what God makes you look like. You look like Kimbo Slice. And number three, God doesn't stop. God doesn't stop loving you. God doesn't stop caring about you. God doesn't stop being good. God doesn't stop.